Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture, and we are focusing on the latest around China. Some data out: China's population dropped for a second year, raising some long-term growth concerns, and also its GDP numbers for the fourth quarter were out, growing 5.2 percent for Q4, which was pretty much the same for last year. And this slightly misses expectations. So, what's in store for the year coming up? Let's check in now with Dong Chen. He is the chief Asia strategist and head of Asia research for Pictet Wealth Management. Good morning, Dong Chen. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Good morning. Hey, great to have you on. So you've got your eye on China and a lot of other things that are going to be happening and worth watching out for in the year ahead. So let's zoom in to some of the latest data we are getting. We've got population numbers, we've got GDP numbers as well. How concerned are you when you look at how the population is dropping for a second year? So just diving into the numbers, the total number of people in China dropped by 2.08 million. That's about 0.15 percent to 1.41 billion in 2023. What does it Mean for the economy as well as implications for down the road. Well, this、uh, declining population definitely is faster than most people were expecting because you look at the trajectory. Actually, it took a sudden nosedive over the past two years. In year 2022, it was easy to understand because at that time we had the COVID.、Mm. But then 2023 continued to be very weak. I suspect this is related to very weak confidence among the population. So, and of course, in the near term, it's going to contribute to even weaker domestic demand because you have less babies. Right. So, I, I do think that is very imperative for the government trying to continue to use positive policies to boost the confidence and keep, to try to get the economy back on track. Yeah, Dong Chen, you touched on a couple of important points. Some of the factors leading to the drop in the population, and it pretty much is about confidence. No, are you willing to have more babies? And it ties into what you are confident or optimistic about prospects. And this ties into jobs where you have youth unemployment at record highs. What's the latest you have in terms of your assessment? What is going to be turning things around? Will it turn around this year? Well, we look at the Q4 GDP numbers, for example. We're seeing a pretty mixed picture. You know, on the you know on surface, I mean, 5.2 percent actually is fairly decent number. But you look at the composition of the economy, particularly the data from the month of December, you see that this mainly was just driven by things related to infrastructure, which in turn was due to the government's stimulus. But you look at the consumption, you know, retail sales, and consumer confidence continue to be very, very low. So I think that at this point, the Chinese government probably will have to continue to、uh, use their countercyclical policies. So far, you know, we've seen some step up in fiscal、uh, stimulus since the end of last year, but apparently it's not enough. They need to do more. Yeah, don't you? How urgent is it? Because when you have a declining population, it does mean a strain on future income for taxes, and of course, the rising cost of elderly care as well. So it has some really important long-term implications. Of course,、uh, you just mentioned, and also、uh, in terms of、uh, when you have an aging population, also has implication for productivity as well, innovation, all sorts of things. But in the near term, I think you know you have even more urgent the situation to deal with that is related to the downturn in the property sector.、Mm. Right. So I think you know population is a long-term variable that you cannot really change it quickly. But in the near term, when you you have even more urgent tasks to solve, I think that's why I expect more.、Uh, 
policy responses to come out in the near term. On the monetary front, I think a cut in the bank's credit reserve ratio, the so-called triple R, I think probably will be imminent. And also, we, we do think that there should be additional rate cuts as well. Yeah, Dong Shui, so this also raises a question that I think a lot of people have been asking. Why isn't China doing more at, at a more urgent pace? What's holding them back from all the stimulus we've been talking about? It hasn't really played out yet. Uh, it seems to me that the policymakers at the top, they are still, you know, having some kind of debate, it seems to me. On the one hand, of course, I think they recognize the situation in the economy. But on the other hand, they also have this idea of maintaining the so-called quality growth mm. so that to avoid I mean, large-scale stimulus. I can see that it's a very tricky balance trying to strike. You don't want to do things that accumulate even more debt in the near term that, that could cause more problems down the road. But at the same time, I think people have to realize that the current situation at this point, if we do not turn it around, actually, it could lead to even more serious problems, you know, in the near future. Because whenever you have a very large debt problem, you know, to enlarge the denominator, meaning the GDP, nominal GDP, actually is the best way to deal with that. Especially when the economy actually is in deflation, that's not good for a debt situation. Yeah, Dong Xuan, that's a very important and interesting point, uh, quality growth. What is that going to look like? Are we talking about market forces coming in and then weeding out some of the weaker companies as we've been seeing in the property sector? Some of them going through some really tough times, but no bail out or no help in that sense? I think what the policymaker means, there are several elements. I think one of them is to divert the economy away from very investment heavy, particularly investing in the property sector towards more you know, high-end manufacturing and so on. And also let's rely on some debt accumulation, right? But as I said earlier, mm. a lot of these things are interconnected. I don't think that you can achieve one single objective just unilaterally. Okay, let's look ahead to the rest of the year. Now, with China's focus on trying to revive its economy this year, what's going to be the prospects for global growth for the rest of the world? For the rest of the world, actually, we're looking at a slight slowing down in the global economy, but more notable in the developed economies, especially in the U.S., because last year, you look at the U.S. economy has been, you know, exceptionally resilient, exceeding many people's expectations. A big reason for that, actually, was the large amount of fiscal stimulus that provided by the U.S. government and which led to very strong household income and spending power and translated also into very strong cash flow by the corporates. But this year, we think that this kind of supporting force is fading. So we were expecting to see some uh, pretty notable decline in U.S. growth rate in the first half this year before recover in the second half. And I think the result, and on top of that, also we're seeing uh, disinflation to continue uh, in both U.S. and the Europe. And as a result, the central banks are going to cut rates. I think those are the very important macro events to watch out. Yeah, in fact, you're calling this year the year of the funambulists, which is pretty much some tight rope walking that policymakers will have to do. What are some of the key risks that are going to be on the radar for investors? Of course, I think the number one risk, actually, I think is uh, geopolitical risk. Now we have two wars ongoing at the same time, but at the same time, you're looking at you know potential escalation in situation in the Middle East. And if that happens, and potentially that could lead to higher inflation, I think you know at this point everybody's expectation is that this inflation will continue, and which will allow the central banks to cut rates. But if it turns out that the inflation surprise on the upside again, I think that could be a major risk to the global economy. 
Okay, we've been in conversation with Dong Chen. He's the Chief Asia Strategist and Head of Asia Research for Pictet Wealth Management. Dong Chen, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you very much. All right, we'll catch up with you again. Stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.